Welcome to the New Britain Herald and Bristol Press Stories of the Week. My name is Katherine Shen, and each week, my fellow reporter Matt Hornick and I will take you through some of the newspaper's most compelling stories. We will interview guests to give you inside looks at their work and further highlight the best reporting being done in our newsrooms. On today's episode, we will have Captain Ed Benecki with the Plymouth Police Department, who has been super involved with the case of Buddy the Beefalo running loose. He talked to us about the entire process, what it's been like once Buddy was recaptured, and a water buffalo named Seymour. And we're here with another episode of Stories of the Week. And I know we say this every episode, but this episode in particular- We mean it this time. Is we mean it unique. this time. We do. It is about Buddy the Beefalo. For those who don't know, Buddy the Beefalo, uh, a local celebrity as of about- eight months ago or so he fir- he was a a beefalo's a hybrid of uh domestic cattle and a buffalo and buddy was a beefalo that or is a beefalo that was brought to terryville sometime last august and he was supposed to be meat he was supposed to become meat but he ended up escaping and thus led a very very long search to find buddy who was only founded a, f- a couple of weeks ago and is now in his new home at a farm sanctuary in Florida. So we spoke to Plymouth police captain, Ed Benecki, who is one of the uh, leaders of tracking down buddy and sort of orchestrated a lot of uh, the work towards finding him and then helping him find a new home. And yeah, he developed a bit of a connection with this beefalo over the past almost a year now. So we talked to him about everything he's been through, everything he learned and the experience for him. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was cool. I had, I, we had a blast. Without further ado, here is Plymouth Police Captain Ed Benecki. And we are here with uh, Captain Ed Benecki from the Plymouth Police Department, who will be sharing his extraordinary story about his involvement with Buff Buddy the Beefalo. Thanks for joining us, Captain. Uh, thank you for having me today. So um, this is one of those stories that sounds like it's not real, but it absolutely is real. So can you share with us how this all got started and your involvement with it? Yeah, I, I like to refer it as a, it's a real underdog story. Um, and I think it's a story we can all get behind. Uh, the story started back August 3rd, 2020. Uh, Buddy was being offloaded. He, he came from a farm up in Massachusetts. And his, his primary purpose at the time was to uh, feed people who were unable to uh, pay for, for, for meat. That's what the farmer did. He, took, he subsidized the meat, gave it to uh, you know, low-income families, and uh, tried to help out the community that way. So Buddy was brought from a, a farm up in Massachusetts down to Plymouth, Connecticut. He was in the process of being offloaded into the, uh, the, the businesses called Plymouth Meats, and he saw an opportunity to escape, and he took it, you know, and people ask me, oh, how did, how did he escape, you know? Well, when you stand in front of a thousand pound animal and they run at you, you tend to get out of the way. So he, he saw an opportunity, um, took it, and immediately ran off into the woods. So from there, people ended up searching for him, and he was he was gone, off into the woods, gone for the well, as we know now, the next eight months. And then, yeah, just from there, uh, what happened? Obviously, this started last summer, like you mentioned, and then it died down for a while. No one could could find Buddy, and then just recently, he turned up again. So, 
Can you take us from what happened there and how you got involved and what's next for Buddy now? Yeah, absolutely. So Buddy, uh, you know, was a little bit like Bigfoot for a while. Uh, 911 call. It did hey, feel that is, way. Is, is, it did yeah, feel it, that it, way. It, it still feels like that way. You know, hey, he's in my backyard. You get there, he's gone. Or guys would be like, oh, I saw him. And, you know, so that his, his, his real, like, whole persona that came to light at the PD, you know, originally it was, he was hey, there's a cow that's loose running around up in the area. And normally when that happens, they're caught pretty quickly. We didn't really know what kind of animal other than he was a cow. So one night, uh, late, late night, uh, midnight shift, one of my sergeants was on patrol finishing up a call, drives by, it's a, 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 an open field. It's, it's a small open field on Route 72 and Judd Road. And he sees a cow grazing. So he's like, oh, someone's cow got out. So we, you know, like normal, it's never been, you know, we've probably done it a hundred times without any incident. Cows are very docile. He stops his car, gets out of the car, especially approach, hey buddy, come on here, bud. You know, come on, try to get the cow's attention to follow him, try and figure out where he's from. Well, buddy didn't like that started to look at him, put his head down, started pawing at the ground, hoofing at the ground, um, and then bolted into the woods. The sergeant, you know, when you see a thousand pound animal in the middle of the night, tends to look like a two thousand pound animal, I guess. And that's how it all got to light. You know, the next day I see him and he says, hey, just want to let you know, there's a two thousand pound cow running around Plymouth in this area. And I went to try and grab him and he got aggressive with it. So that in turn said, well, we said, well, wait a minute, time out here. This is no longer just a cow loose in a heavily wooded area. It's a highly traveled road. He's now aggressive. We need to put something out to the community to let them know if you're traveling in this area. Take extra precautions, slow down. We did not want uh, anyone to hit him. Uh, you know, we don't want any, if someone were to hit a 2,000 pound or even a 1,000 pound animal, it's going to cause some serious injuries. It could cause a fatality. It, you know, the animal would have to be put down. It, and then if we, you know, there's a lot of hiking trails in that area. So God forbid if someone were to come across that animal, now we have another separate issue altogether. You know, we don't want a thousand pound, two thousand pound animal being across the towards someone. I'm not going to lie. When I first read Buddy the Beefalo, I didn't really know what I was reading because I didn't know what a beefalo was. So for those who don't know, it is a mix of bison and domestic cattle. Am I right? That is, that is correct. I, uh, I've gotten quite the education on cows in the last eight months that I really wasn't anticipating in a law enforcement career. Well, I was just going to ask, I don't know if um, going into law enforcement, it was part of your training to familiarize yourself with domestic animals. So clearly this is a, a special, a special occasion for, I think everybody. And are you surprised the way it sort of blew up? Because um, I mean, educate me here. I, I know animals get loose and it happens, but I don't know when was the last time something like Buddy the Beefalo came up. Can you talk about, you know, who gave him the name? There were merchandise, there's hashtags. No, yeah. walk us through Twitter that account, process. Instagram account, <laughs> oh, there's everything. Um, we, we really didn't believe this was going to get the press or the notoriety that it did. Um, again, our whole point of our Facebook page is to put information out to our community so they know what's going on with their police. If there is issues going on, we want them to be aware. So that how, that's how it all started. It started with the Facebook post that, hey, there's an animal on the loose. Be careful. And from there, it took it just took a whole life of its own. You know, uh, next thing I know, the news media is involved. We receive calls about this animal. I mean, I, I got information from as far away as Hawaii, the UK, 
Oh, oh yeah, it came from, it, it was unbelievable how it just morphed in its own. And initially we went out, like we would for anyone else. I mean, we, you know, we spent zero dollars, taxpayer dollars on this. Um, if a farmer calls and says his cow is loose and I have guys on patrol, they go out and they help them out. We would have done the same thing for anybody. So we knew the animal was bed down in an area. So we tried to flush them out, flush them towards a trailer. We had a trailer set up uh, and just trying to either get him away from the road and into the woods or try to get him into this trailer. And it didn't work out as well as we hoped. We spent about four hours, good part of the morning before it got really hot looking for him. We never really saw him. We had, the state police brought in a drone. The drone was able to pick him up on the infrared, but by mid morning, the infrared was no longer working. We had uh, NCON police, that's the environmental police come out and help us search. So it was, it was a great community or a great effort, group effort to, to, to get him away from the road, which we did. From there, uh, he started to travel started to roam because that's what he does. He's used to roaming around. So the, I had two people end up helping me track his movement and the 911 phone calls. So we were getting 911 phone calls in about a half mile radius of where he was. That turned into someone contacted me to this day, this gentleman would like to, to re remain anonymous. He said, Hey, I hear some photos and he sent me them. We put them up on Facebook. The media jumped all over it. And I knew where he was on one side of on one side of 72. We also knew he was crossing over and going to another house back towards where Plymouth Meets was. So it was a, right around a half mile radius he was roaming. We were able to then say, okay, well, what's the game plan here? This this where we have the trailer is not working. We were able to move the trailer to another gentleman's house who was nice enough, nice enough to let me store the, this equipment on his property and where it was you could it was it was far away from the road it was far away from people and it was set up right near the woods it was the best situation we had at the time so after yeah, i put some facebook posts out we would try and catch him and i'll be honest we caught him really early on we caught him i think it was early early september but that lasted maybe 10 seconds before he was able to you know, punch his way out through the fence line, break down the fence, bend metal, and escape. So immediately the heartbreak was set right in. So then after all this notoriety and everything, I went to the police chief and I kept talking to her about just giving her updates. And she said something along the lines of, you know, we got to catch our little buddy. And then she went, buddy, oh, buddy, buddy's a, a really good name. So the next thing I know, it, the beefalo has the name of Buddy the Beefalo, and we just ran with it. We ran with it, and uh, the community was able to really get behind. Like I said, this was an underdog story, and uh, they were really be able to get behind it. I do think the word beefalo added some pizzazz yeah. to the to the whole story because most people are unfamiliar with that word, and I couldn't. And everyone's like, "Oh, this is a kind of a funny word right, I've never heard right. before." So it's just like, "Oh, we have Buddy the Beefalo. Who is? What is this?" But, I think it rolls off the tongue very well. For sure. And I get now Buddy has a new home in Gainesville, Florida at Critter Creek Farm Sanctuary. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I think ask. the one word, if you had to, if I describe Critter Creek in one word, I would say magical. It, nice. It's It's so interesting of a place. Um, it's two farms, same company, same, same farm sanctuary, but they have two different spots. Both are right around 200 acres. And 
they, they, one is called Critter Hill. Buddy is up at Critter Hill. And Critter Hill is where the more mischievous cows kind of go. Um, it's, it's open for them to roam. We know Buddy is an escape artist. So that's kind of the problem. Um, and, and I mean, they've got, you know, they've got Seymour, the 3,000 pound water buffalo, who is absolutely one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And uh, it, it's, it's such a great place. And, and the work that they do, these people do, is I've never seen anything like it in terms of space. You know, you, you think of farms in Connecticut and you think 20 acres and you're like, wow, that's a big farm. You know, 200 acres and they have four or five pastures of 50 acres each, 40 to 50 acres. It's, it's just so much in, in ponds. It's just, it's cow paradise. All the grass they could eat, all the friends they could want. You know, I'm standing at a fence line and 40 cows come running up to me because I have apples and bananas. And it was, it was, I'll be honest, it was kind of a cool thing to experience. And well, I'm do- thinking that's like the next vacation spot for all of us. Uh, right? Gainesville, Florida. Yeah. Go visit Buddy. Right. Well, and so what was the, what was the thought process like in terms of having him going to a sanctuary rather than going back to where he originally was going to be? So once, once it all started taking off and we kind of got attached to it, to, you know, we, once we started trying to catch him, it was, what else can we do? There was such, so much community support rallying around this poor animal that was destined for slaughter. And now he's got a new lease on life, living the free life. And that's where we decided to help. There was some concern that we, we didn't want to see him end up on the dinner plate. We wanted to see something better for him. You know, again, underdog story. We always root for the underdog. So after speaking with the police union, we came up with the idea of, of raising Buddy's Bail, doing a GoFundMe, raising Buddy's Bail, get everybody involved in it. The community came out like crazy. And within a day and a half, we had about $8,100 raised. And it happened so quick. You know, we did not want to, you know, keep going and going and going. I mean, God knows if we left that really open how much money we would have brought in. So we raised enough money for him. The original plan was we'll buy him from the farmer because again, he does a really good thing. You know, I, I don't want to, people to demonize him. Listen, we all, we all make our living. We all want to help out. He helps in a completely different way, which is great. That's fantastic. Um, so we wanted to make sure he was financially compensated for this animal. Then he was our animal. Well, at the time it wasn't there. We didn't do that till the very end. But then we were saying, okay, now we're, what are we going to do with an animal? And that was, let's try and get him to a farm sanctuary. How did you guys get linked up with the people at Critter Creek? Um, I started making phone calls. It was, hey, this is my situation. I tell people who I am. And, you know, you tell them the situation. And, and I got a lot of no's because of the, the way it went down. But I then ended up uh, talking with one group who suggested hey, I know someone down at Critter Creek Farm Sanctuary. They may be interested in this animal. You know, this is a great, great story and they may take them. So I ended up calling down to Critter Creek. Uh, I talked with the owner, Erin Ammerman, and she was immediately on board. What, she goes, you guys raised $8,100 for his bail? And I said, we did. She says, we will help you any way we can. So that's how that happened. 
I mean, you, you, uh, you've been involved during this entire time and you also took vacation time to follow Buddy down to Florida. So, yeah. you know, that whole process, obviously you have a relationship with them. And, and now that um, the department has a relationship with Critter Creek, is there anything else that you'd like to add to that? Let people know, you know, what they, can they still help Buddy? You know, what, what's the next step for, for our beefalo here? So Buddy, after he was caught, he moved back to Massachusetts. He went through a full veterinary exam which I'm happy to say he passed with flying colors. He was transported, I believe it was about 19 hours to get down to Critter Creek. And he was put into an isolation uh, pen. And they do that because uh, if he does have a disease, they weren't sure at the time, he can't transmit it to the other cows. But he didn't like that. He immediately hopped the fence, was in with some horses. Horses didn't like that. Chased them back over, jumped, you know, if they were able to get him back into a corral, he jumped uh, the isolation pen again, got into a cow with a cow named Emma, who was also recently rescued and instantly made a friend. So Buddy down there hanging out with Emma in isolation, both of them in, in cow isolation. And uh, his next step is once he passes their blood work, he's going to be put into, as they put a general cow population. So he's going to hang out with Seymour, the water buffalo and cinnamon, the bison and I guess I know a lot of cow names while I was down there, which was kind of cool. And uh, the biggest thing I can say to people is if you really want to help right now and you want to keep following this story, I mean, jump on the Facebook, get onto Critter Creek's farm page. They do so many good things. They help out so many different animals, pigs, donkeys, you know, all the kinds of different cows and uh, donate to them because COVID hit them very hard. They, they probably, the, the, they probably contribute about 80% right now of their own personal money into caring for these animals. And it's 20% donation. And if we could flip that number 80 to 20, a lot, a lot of animals are going to be helped. And even animals that we haven't even discovered yet, or the phone call hasn't even been made, they're going to get help. Well, that's incredible. And I kind of just want to take this whole story and like turn it into a screenplay or something. Like I feel like yeah. there's a lot, there's yeah. a lot here, but yeah, we've been, so to get this message out, we've been working with some news outlets and they've come up, they've done some filming. We've talked about it. We're trying to get Critter Creek story and Buddy story out because th this is not about the Plymouth Police Department. This is about an animal we were able to help. And now it's about his life in the future in Critter Creek and all the great work that they do. Well, Captain Benecki, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. This was a lot of fun. And I thought uh, you getting to share this story with us was a really good, cool time. Well, th again, thank you for having me. I really appreciate, uh, you know, your, your invite. And uh, thank, you, thank you to everyone for listening. And if, I, well, I don't think we're going to have that much more Buddy the Beefalo coverage coming up <laughs> as this is the end of the story, it seems. Uh, for all of our other Plymouth news and everything around the area, don't forget to visit bristolpress.com and newbrittonherald.com. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. Again, thank you for listening. And for Catherine, I'm Matt, and we'll talk to you next week.